This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 14th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. He's been gone now for 20 years, with the Mackinac Center's Joe Overton, over and above contributing the useful Overton window to the lexicon, still has some lessons for people working to advance liberty today. I sat down with Joe Lehman, president of the Mackinac Center, to discuss the enduring contributions of Joe Overton. Who is Joe Overton? Joe Overton was my friend. Joe was a big thinker, policy genius, funny guy, somebody who raised the standards of everyone in a room just by walking into that room. And so we're discussing uh, Joe Overton, that it was 20 years ago that uh, we lost him, uh, a young man. Yes, uh, he was 43, uh, died in a uh, light plane crash. He was the pilot. And yeah, it was the night of June 30th. Uh, he asked me what what I thought about him checking out of work a little bit early because it was a beautiful evening for flying. And that was the last time I saw him. But he is noted well beyond our uh, sort of insular world here of state-based policy people here at the State Policy Network. He is noted well beyond that for a concept known as the Overton window. So describe what that concept means in its crispest presentation, because that, that matters here. A lot of people sort of get this concept wrong or, or misstate it somehow. Right. The Overton window was named after Joe, but he never called it that. The Overton window is a model of policy change, and it helps us understand how ideas that are impossible today can become policy tomorrow. Ideas that are impossible to believe that they could uh, could be made into policy. So the window itself is an aperture that we view policies through. And if, the, if you have a small window, uh, you can see through the window. You can see the policies through a window, but you can't see the policies above the window and you can't see the policies below. But if you slide the window, you reveal different policies than the ones that are possible. And that's the Overton window. And I, I tell people uh, when they're coming to t- speak with me uh, for a podcast, and I'll, I'll uh, gently rib my colleagues, um, when, uh, some, when somebody tells me, or I describe a policy solution to a problem and they say, well, that's not on the table. And I was like, no, 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 no. We put it on the table. That's exactly right. That is what think tanks at their best are doing all the time. Uh, think tanks talk about and develop and test and debate ideas that are politically impossible today so that they become policy tomorrow. So, and, and we should understand that the Overton window is not a, a value-based thing. The Overton window can be open for terrible ideas just as well as it can be open for good ideas. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You don't, uh, you don't have to like an idea for it to become popular and then become policy. Uh, for example, let's think of uh, the policy of uh, state-sanctioned eugenics. Um, that was an actual movement in this nation. Uh, their laws were shifted to actually support 
those uh, uh, those ideas and those outcomes. And uh, it's an idea that's almost universally uh, hated today. Uh, it's just like the Overton window isn't good or bad. It just describes one way that the world works. It's like gravity. You can use gravity for good. You can use gravity for evil. If you throw somebody a life preserver with gravity, to, you're helping them. If you drop an anvil on their head, you're hurting them. So the uh, how did this how was this idea used at the Mackinac Center where you work with Joe? It started as a way to help make the case for donating to the Mackinac Center because what we found when we met with people who we thought might support our think tank with a financial gift, we would meet with uh, entrepreneurs people who benefited from free markets and individual liberty and people who had created some wealth. And we'd find that we agreed on a whole bunch of policy ideas. And we would say, well, then you should support us. And often the entrepreneur would look at us and say, well, yeah, I do agree with you guys, but and I do want to support the right things, but that's why I write checks to the political candidates I like. And so we knew we needed a way of explaining what value does a think tank bring to the table. Well, think tanks shift the Overton window, and they make it possible for elected officials to even be able to consider uh, voting for uh, certain ideas. So it was born as an idea for a fundraising brochure. Later, it actually became a way that we thought about how to chart a policy path to a vision of the preferred future. Uh, so uh, we, we think often in terms of, okay, how wide do we need to open the Overton window on education policy, for instance? And that, that informs then how much you need to dig in for what might well be a very long fight. Yeah, that's right. Uh, shifts shifts in um, opinion and policy that result in durable policy. Now, I'm I'm not talking about, you know, tinkering with legislation, little technical changes or even small changes. I'm talking about the kinds of policies that are so big we don't even think about them anymore. Like the idea that slavery has been outlawed. Like the idea that there is a civil rights law. Um the idea that women should be allowed to vote. That idea is only about 105 years old in this country, but it used to be unthinkable before then. Those are durable ideas. And all of them took a long time to put into place. So uh, when you think about policy issues now and broadening the window where you can't see through the window to see ideas now, what are some of the things that you think about as, you know, maybe this is a big move, a big shift of the window, but we could get there. Sure. One of those ideas that we used to always think as being outside the Overton window is right to work in Michigan. But after advocating for right to work for decades, it became law. In other words, we we shifted the Overton window. We created a climate of opinion where policymakers uh, could could vote for it and uh, and not be afraid of getting unelected. Now, it was not 
too far inside the Overton window because a Democrat trifecta in Michigan just repealed Michigan's right to work law. And so it's it's a it's a law that's on the bubble and it, and the law remains popular with the people. Uh, Democrats have repealed a popular law. So we'll see how that works out for them come election time. But when we think about other ideas that are still outside the Overton window, we think about universal school choice. It is being enacted in some form, kind of incrementally, in state after state after state. In some states, there's almost, uh, in some states, there's very little choice. Uh, but but we see uh, we see movement of the window in that in that direction. And I think we will probably see a reversal in the direction of travel of the Overton window in some of the alternative energy subsidies and mandates. Uh, and, and it may take something like a, a, a grid collapse uh, to get the people's attention um, to make that Overton window shift happen. We're talking about digging in. Uh, you know, we mentioned it a moment ago, but quite often, and I found this to be the case in my work with Kentucky, in Kentucky, I ran a website called KentuckyVotes.org. And we thought that it was going to be impossible, effectively, to get the legislature to begin providing quick and easy access to the votes that lawmakers had cast. Of course, there's political benefits to doing your work in relative obscurity. Uh, prior to uh, getting that website, and of course, we worked with the Mackinac Center to, to get that going. Prior to uh, 2008, 2007, um, if you wanted to know how your lawmakers voted, you had to fax them <laughs> and you had to know the bill number. You had to know when the vote was taken. You had to know a bunch of information about this particular piece of legislation, which means basically you had to be plugged in, you had to be plugged in, but there was no good way to get plugged in. And so we dug in thinking, well, this is going to be a really long fight and this is going to take a long time for us to get them to, to break on this and, and give us the easy access to these votes. And they collapsed within a couple of months. And part of that, I credit with digging in for the long fight and understanding that this thing is not on the table, but we are prepared for the long haul to have this fight. And, you know, however many years it takes, we're going to work to get there. And sometimes they see that. Sometimes they recognize that that is what has occurred and they fold like a house of cards. Yeah, that's... Uh... Absolutely uh, correct, and it, and it shows the value of having, uh, of understanding every kind of creature in the political ecosystem. You know, when we think of legislation and policy change, it's the simplest way to think about it is that it's just well, it's whatever lawmakers uh, vote for, and lawmakers make these decisions. Well, that's really, really incomplete. Uh, lawmakers are reacting to everything else in the political ecosystem. And lawmakers are also very focused on winning their next election, you know, two years away, four years away, six years away, whatever. Now, for something, a really big policy change uh, that is going to take longer than one election cycle, you have to have organizations in the political ecosystem that are built to dig in and to uh, hold ground and advance over ground for more than just one election cycle. And 
and that uh, it has a function of kind of uh, putting uh, putting policymakers on notice. What do you view as sort of the, the legacy for free marketeers of the life and experience and contributions of Joe Overton? Well, the the, the very term Overton window described uh, Joe's idea. The idea really boils down to persuasion. Joe found a, a, a unique way to describe the value of a think tank to people who don't understand think tanks very well. And this used to be incredibly inside baseball stuff that a few think tankers talked about. But now uh, the term Overton window, if you... Uh, type it into a search engine, you will get thousands of hits. It appears in uh, news stories and political commentaries, and it appears without qualification, without description. People, uh, you know, authors just assume people have some concept of what the Overton window means. So Joe's uh, legacy is really one of providing a teaching tool to make, uh, to demystifying the policymaking process a little bit helping people understand the leverage that they have over the policymaking process. Lawmakers can't put in place any policy they like, like they're ordering dessert from a menu. They first have to stick their finger in the air and determine what the public will support and what they won't support, and uh, their votes follow accordingly. And in a democracy, that's the way it should be. Joe Lehman is president of the Mackinac Center. We spoke in Chicago last month. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening. <laughs>